Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 67. Welcome back. Good to see you. Good to see you, Joe. Yes, blah, blah, blah. Before we get into any reviews, on our last episode, we were extolling the virtues of Ted Lasso. Were we not? Yes. Great show. We love it. And we mentioned how already out the gate, picked up for second season. Great. Well, guess what? What? Picked up for season three. Before season two even airs. Yep. Why That's not? how much they love it. Right? They're like, we got a hit. Let's just, you know, invest in the last. They must have had a lot of viewership of that thing if they're so excited about it. They've got to. I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm sure it's got to be one of their biggest shows right now. It's got to be. Maybe their biggest original. I don't know. What else would beat it? I've heard way more about Ted Lasso than any Apple Plus TV show. Hmm. Anyway, that's all I had to say. Okay, let's get into something new. Mm-hmm. This is something we said we were looking forward to. Yes. Speaking and of Apple TV Plus. Yeah, it's on Apple TV Plus. Now it's here. On the Rocks. Now, uh, this stars Bill Murray, written and directed by Sofia Coppola, and also stars Rashida Jones. And played, Marlon Wayans. And Marlon Wayans and uh, Jessica Henrik, Jenny Slate, is in it quite a bit. Now you're thinking Sofia Coppola, Bill Murray, Rashida Jones... You kind of already know what the tone of this movie is going to be. It's going to be a lot like Lost in Translation. That's what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much what it was. Yeah. Tonally, you're not going to be surprised, I don't think. Now, this is about, without spoiling anything, I'm just going to read the log line. A young mother reconnects with her larger-than-life playboy father on an adventure through New York. And that's really all you can say without spoiling anything. I mean, you could say one other thing, but that would give something away, but... Yeah. It's not a complicated plot, Joe. It's super, super simple, which works because it's only 96 minutes long. I fell asleep twice. Did you really? Yeah, my girlfriend had to wake me up. And I'm like, I, did, I didn't miss much. Well, what's to miss? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, what big plot detail did I sleep through? I didn't. Yeah. There's about two plot points in the <sighs> whole movie. I'm assuming you liked this. I liked it because it was fun. It, okay. It's not going to win best screenplay. No. But let me tell you one other thing. I don't know if this will change your mind. Uh, Produced by Roman Coppola, Sofia Coppola. Also, Mitch Glazer. Do you know who that is? Mm Mm-mm. Okay. He wrote Scrooged. Okay. He also produced uh, Rock the Casbah, Lost in Translation, and A Very Murray Christmas. So, he's a Bill Murray guy. He's Bill Murray's guy. That's what I'm thinking. He just brings him everywhere. Sure. So, it's definitely a Bill Murray movie and a Sofia Coppola movie. I can't believe Jason Schwartzman didn't make a cameo. I know, that right? That was the only thing that surprised me about the movie. But I thought it was good. Sounds like you didn't love it. I didn't love it. I just thought it was so-so. I, I needed more from it. And I kept waiting for it to kick in, even when I was awake. And uh, it just didn't for me. I mean, once you know the Bill Murray part gets there, I'm like, okay, it gets more enjoyable. But... Rashida Jones and Marlon Wayans were not doing it for me. No. It it was like just... uh. The whole point of the story without saying anything really is so that she can get together with her father, Bill Murray. And that's the the center of it. And when the two of them are together, the movie's good. They got some good scenes together. 
I just thought that when she's off on her own and like stuck listening to Jenny Slate and the kids and Marlon Wayans and do something, make something happen here because nothing's happening right now. There was a little deja vu because you kept going back to her and Jenny Slate at the school and it would like reset the same plot point over and over. Yes. Repeat beats. I I'm sure I'm sure that's what her point was. But as a viewer, I was like, come on, forward momentum here. Let's move this story along. Okay, we're getting a little farther. Oh, now we're back to where we were again. I'm like, uh. Do you think it's like realism that she's shooting for? Because in real life, if that... that's how life is. Yes. Yeah. I think she's totally going for realism with a little bit of her personal quirk. And unfortunately, life is uh, sometimes very boring. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a slice of life. You know, the stakes aren't that huge. Well, I mean, I guess the, so, well, the personal stakes, but I don't know, man. Look, I wanted to like this. Sophia Coppola for me, though, you like her more than me. Okay. Yeah. You do. Well, let me tell you. Um, what I, I like her father way more. I'll just sure. say that. Okay. Sure. And her cousin, uh, is it Nick Cage or cousin? Nick Cage is her cousin. Yeah. Um, so Rotten Tomatoes, this has an 86 with the critics, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And it has a 50 with the audience. Ding, 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 also ding, ding. Makes Call sense. me an audience member. <laughs> I'm not a critic. I'm yeah. an audience member. Maybe My girlfriend liked critic. it. My girlfriend enjoyed it. Thought it was fine. Okay. You know? Well, we could have yeah. a split opinion if you want. Cause uh, I, you know what? It's your baby. You go with it. All, all right? right. I'm going to say on the rocks, Apple TV plus movie, Bill Murray, uh, Rashida Jones, written and directed by Sofia Coppola. It's a binge. Keep going, Joe. What else you got? I okay. see you've got a, 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 you're so many notes over there for something. I know. I've so. got a whole uh, yeah. little, uh, binder. Do it. Go. I watched something that was recommended to me by a listener, and I thought... Uh, this isn't going to be great. So let, let me ask you, Dima, what's the second most boring sport? We already talked about soccer being the most boring. What's the second most boring sport? Cricket. Uh, <laughs> close. <laughs> it's chess. Chess is not a sport. <laughs> chess is a game. Well, it's second behind soccer as far as most boring things to watch. Who watches chess? Well, that's what I'm getting at. So this is a Netflix limited series called The Queen's Gambit, and it is about competitive chess. Mm-hmm. and about specifically the people who play it and watch it. And uh, according to this limited series, there are lots of people that watch chess, Demo. I'm sure there are. I'm not one of them. You know what, though? I will say this. Before <laughs> I die, I really would like to learn how to play it. Oh, you don't even know how to play it? I mean, I've been taught it a couple times in my life, but I need to play it repetitively to get it. Like, if you teach me how to play chess in one day, I'm going to forget in a week. Like, I need to oh. play it the next day and the next day. You know, you can't just, just oh, we, I, I learned how to play chess. I have to play it regularly to get it. Problem is, I don't have anybody to, A, teach me again, and B, play against. Well, do you mean like you don't remember the rules or you don't know? Yeah, like, I don't remember. No. I don't like rook to whatever, to knight no. to like, the, the pawns can go this way and the, the rook can go in an L-shaped direct. I don't know. Yeah. I, did you not take chess lessons when you were little? I did not take chess oh. lessons. I did. I was too busy playing Atari. Of course you of course you took chess lessons. <laughs> I actually okay? did. While you were playing the piano and yeah. being goalie and cooking with <laughs> Chef Tell or whoever. I, I don't know. My parents wanted me to be Asian very badly. <laughs> um, no, I wish I had a classical upbringing like you, Joe. Well, it, it wasn't as much as it sounds, but I, uh, I did used to really like playing chess. 
uh, didn't make it any more interesting to watch people playing chess Let on television. Let me ask television. you something. What? Would you actually teach me to play chess? Yeah. And we could like yeah. play it every once in a while? Sure. I'm not great at it. I don't need you to be great at it. I just need you to know how it works. Because okay. it's one of those things where I'm like, gosh, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to my life to not know how to play chess. It's a very complex, or it can be, uh, fun game once you really learn how to play it. What about backgammon? Uh, I know how to play backgammon, too. I've played backgammon as well. <laughs> totally forgot how to play it. I haven't played it in 15 years. Now, that I don't know if I would remember. My friend taught it to me, and I was like, okay, I get it. It's kind of a good game, but I never, I just couldn't. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. Let's get to the show. <laughs> yeah, we, we can talk about cribbage if you really want to put people Connect to sleep. Four. <laughs> Do you know how to play euchre? No. It's a card game. Yeah, no, no one. Yeah. If, you, if I, any listeners know what I'm even talking about when I say euchre, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. All right. Everyone sorry, wake on. up. Yep. Okay. So this is called The Queen's Gambit. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Seven episodes. Okay. About an hour apiece. Right. It's a lot of television. So I didn't think this was going to be good. I thought I'd bail after an episode or two. Uh, it starts off with a bang right out of the gate. It's not all about chess. It's about this girl who uh, she is raised in an orphanage. The janitor teaches her chess. She turns out to be this uh, prodigy, goes on to play competitively. When the story's about her, it's very, very interesting and very good. It wanders a little bit too far with the chess and a little bit too far with the actual footage of people playing it and talking about uh, this 10th level stuff of strategy and whatever. The acting is great. Let me read a couple people because you're not going to recognize any of them. I already know who the lead girl is. Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, she's got those weird eyes. Okay. She was in um, the second movie in the Unbreakable series. Were they the, all in the mental institution? No, the one right before that. What the hell was it called? Oh, uh, the personality disorder one. Yeah. I forget the name of it. Split with James McAvoy. The only other person I recognize was Bill Camp, who is that guy that was in that thing. He's just on. He's what? Just Bill Camp. He's in a bunch of stuff. I don't even see him here on IMDb. Yeah, he plays the janitor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. You would recognize him and be like, what was he in? He plays a cop or a lawyer in a lot of things. He was in Joker and several HBO series. But he's in this and he's great. Okay, um, but it's also got uh, the kid from Game of Thrones. You always miss the Game of Thrones people, man. Well, miss them is a strong word, but... Yeah, I guess so. That's Thomas Brody Sangster, a British actor who is in love, actually, and looks just like Demo. Seriously, he's your clone. Uh, anyway, good cast, a lot of unknowns, and it's really well done. It's a little bit longer than it needs to be at seven hours. Could have been about five and a half, but really well constructed. The writing is good. You don't have to give a crap about chess. It's really more about her. The last couple episodes get a little bit in the weeds with the uh, gameplay and stuff, but I was shocked that I made it all the way through this. I was even more shocked that I liked it. So, On Twitter, it's like the most popular show right now. It's like, oh man, The Queen's Gambit, yeah. The Queen's Gambit. I'm like, I, I need to watch this. I was going to watch it. I didn't have time. Well, it was And then when you said you were going to review it, I was like, oh, but I want to watch it too. So right, I'm never going to watch it now. It was number one in the country for a while, according to Netflix on their ranking thing. Right. I don't know. It's seven hours, so it's a lot to get into. Uh, very high on Rotten Tomatoes, 100 with the critics, and 97 with the audience. Well, there you go. I think it's great, man. You should check it out. Everyone should check it out. It is a big commitment, but uh, well worth it. That is The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I say it's a binge.
My turn. All right. You're getting greedy over there. Anything else you want to discuss first before I move on to me? Nope. Good night, everybody. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everyone. It was fun. I have something. Oh, I got something good. I got something good. Especially if you love stand-up comedy or you've done stand-up comedy yeah, or you just love comedy in general. Have you done any stand-up, Joe? I did a Zoom show uh two months ago, or four months ago. I don't even know when. Um, I don't mean recently. I mean in life. I oh, know, yeah. Obviously, I know yeah, you hun- have. I'm being hundreds silly. of times. And how many times have you performed at the comedy store, would you say? I don't know, 10. 10? Yeah. Oh, I've performed more than that there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I have a five-episode docu-series on Showtime called, and wait for it, The Comedy Store. And what's that about? Uh-huh. <laughs> It's about the comedy store on the Sunset Strip in West Hollywood in Los Angeles. Iconic location. The mecca for stand-up comedy, pretty much. And it was also the basis for that show, I'm Dying Up Here on Showtime. Yes. Sort of. Sort of. This is like the uh, companion piece to that show, except a hundred million times more interesting. Because I got to say, this has everybody in it. It's directed by Mike Binder. He's a stand-up back-in-the-day comedian, but then he got into writing and directing. He's a director now. This is his thing, and because he has all these relationships with everybody, he gets interviews with people that you're like, you got to be kidding me. He gets David Letterman. Yeah, well, he started out at the comedy store. Every, th- Duh, really? People should Everybody, the whole point of this thing is everybody yeah. that started out at the comedy store. I'm just saying he managed to have access. Like, if you were a performer at the comedy store and you're still alive— He's going to interview you for this. Yeah. Like, this is so incredibly comprehensive. Like I said, five episodes, an hour each. You get five hours, and, oh, man, this is the best documentary I've ever seen on stand-up, period. Wow. It just gets into every element of being a comedian while exploring the entire history of the comedy store. It goes right back to the beginning with when like, Johnny Carson moved out from New York took the tonight show to Burbank and how incestuous it was the comedy store and the tonight show with Johnny Carson. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you were going to be on Johnny, you were starting out at the comedy store and that was it. That was the, the roadmap to success. And it starts out with like Freddie Prinze who like, you know, was huge and obviously killed himself. And they, there's great stories about him, how he, you know, got so jealous of John Travolta, he bought a crossbow and took it to his apartment and tried to kill him with it. No kidding? Yeah, there's some great stories in here. They talk about Sam Kinison dying. They talk to the man who held Sam Kinison in his arms while he died. Well, but he wasn't at the comedy store. He was out on the on the road he was somewhere. On, he didn't die at the comedy store. I know. I'm just he died in a the... car crash. But just saying, they yeah. interviewed the guy who was with him. Right. You know? Yeah. There's so many great stories in this. But the real revelation to me in this whole thing was Sam Tripoli. You know who Sam Tripoli is? I love Sam Tripoli. You love Sam Tripoli. Yeah. He's a regular at the comedy store. He's not super famous in any way. People go, who's Sam Tripoli? But if you know comedy, you know Sam Tripoli. Guess what? <laughs> what? He went to my high school. Oh. What? Wow. I, I, yeah. And it even showed a picture of my high school. Huh. Because he said, oh, yeah, I'm from upstate New York. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then they show a picture of his high school. And I'm like, that's my high school. That's Penfield High School. Yeah. It's crazy. How about that? Right? What a dink. 
So, I thought you were going to say something uh, a lot bigger than that, but that's still very cool. That's big for me. I'm just saying that's kind of crazy. Like I'm watching a documentary of a place that I've performed a whole bunch of times and there's a picture of my high school in it. Yeah. No, that's cool. Right? Now, I have a question for you. How many people did you have to bring with you to watch this documentary? Ha! <laughs> that's why I have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because they don't mention bringer shows in this. They call them friends and family shows. No, they don't. That's they call the, them bringers. Well, that's what we call them. But the bookers call them friends and family yeah, shows. Oh, my God. If you don't know what a bringer show is, uh, <laughs> basically, I've hounded everybody listening to this to come to one of my shows. Are you coming? But it's like you've got to get a certain amount of people to your show or you don't get to perform most of the time. Or you right? get three minutes. Or you or get something. three minutes. And then the booker is like, how many people you got coming? And this was the, this is the lifeblood of doing stand-up. And it's one of the reasons I pretty much hate it. Yeah. bringers i'm like you want me to do your show or not okay no Sorry. they don't they want you to bring people into the bar that's where they make their money i know i have a love-hate relationship with this place i really do yeah first place i ever did stand-up comedy so right there spot in my heart for it but it's also one of those places where i've had complete shit shows like mm -hmm. i have bombed to the point where i never want to do stand-up again <laughs> and i've had my absolute best shows there but that's stand-up. Yeah. Know? Now, if people are wondering what it looks like inside. It's uh, a the, dump. Oh, it's a tinderbox. I can't believe yeah. it hasn't burned down. Dave Chappelle shot one of his specials in the belly room, which is the smallest room. I know that you know this is for listeners. Yeah. They made it look 10 times as big as it actually is somehow in the special. And then Louis C.K.'s special is in the main room. Remember Louis C.K.? He's from, in from this like, documentary. From, from like 10 years? They oh, he's alive? Him. Yeah, he's alive. Wow. They wow. dug him up. They found him. Who he else is in it? Oh, my God. Uh, I'm just going to go down the list in alphabetical order. Tim Allen, Sandra Bernhardt, Bill Burr, Jim Carrey, Whitney Cummings, Andrew Dice Clay, Whoopi Goldberg, Michael Keaton, Bobby Lee, Jay Leno, David Letterman, Howie Mandel, Mark Marin, Chris Rock, Paul Rodriguez, Joe Rogan, Yakov Smirnoff, Jimmy Walker, Damon Wayans. Did I mention Michael Keaton? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever seen his stand-up? They show his stand-up. He, he was, was good. An, he was an incredible stand-up. It's a comedian. great stand-up. Yeah. They show, you know, people doing their stand-up back in the day. They really cover it all, the history of this place. This was incredibly entertaining. Even if I didn't know the comedy store like I do, I would still think this is worth your time. Now, I got a couple stories, though. I got a couple stories. Okay. So, I did a, a show at the Belly Room, and uh, it was great. I was like, oh, man, that was a great set. I finish. The booker goes, hey, Bobby Lee wants to talk to you really? in the back. Okay. I'm like, okay, Bobby Lee, great. So go in the back. I talk to him. He goes, hey, man, that was hilarious, dude. That is great. You think you can do half an hour? I can totally do half an hour. We'll go out on the road, man. If you can do half an hour, we'll go out on the road. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, great. You know, This is what you need to take it to the next level, right? Yeah. I'm not going to give you my information. I'm going to take your information. I'm like, okay, cool, man. I give him all, all my info and everything, you know. I like, you know, follow him on Twitter. I never hear from him. Nothing, right? Hmm. Except for maybe a year later, maybe less. I'm there hanging out one night, and he comes by with Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, he's right? funny. Huge, yeah. right? He sees me, and he goes, hey, this guy's really funny to Sebastian. And Sebastian goes, huh. Then they walk away. Oh. That's the end of the story. <laughs> That's what it's like at the comedy store. Yeah, and if anyone's seen that uh, terrible show, I'm dying up here, you're saying this is 100 to 1,000 times better than that. So the real people, and you get honest stories. 
you know, they say the the uh, comedy store's haunted. I totally believe that. Because I'll tell you right now, anytime I hang out there, I feel like a ghost. Ah, uh, very good. You know what I mean? Is that, yeah. your, is that your closer? I, I, yeah, it's my closer right there. <laughs> That's why I don't perform there anymore. Uh, it's like it's a horrible high school. It was It's so clicky. You're either in or you're on the outside. You know what I mean? Uh, and yeah. I never felt... Like I said, even with great shows, I never felt like I belonged there. I felt like an outsider every time. Maybe that's my fault. I don't know. But the vibe I get was just like, this is worse than high school. Why do I want to go through high school again? Yeah, I think you have to be there every night. You have to live there. Yeah, And And also, the parking sucks. What parking? Exactly. (laughs) I would park down past Santa Monica Boulevard and trek my ass up that hill because there was no other way to, ooh, okay, $20 to park for 20 minutes or some shit. You know yeah. what I mean? I just, the place frustrated me. The comedy store encapsulates stand-up perfectly, good times, bad times, and a whole lot of in the middle, you know? But this documentary, totally worth your time if you're in any way interested in stand-up comedy and the L.A. scene. I cannot recommend it enough. It almost made me want to do stand-up again. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're going to Nashville or Houston or something. I know. Can I tell one, a quick story about you at the comedy store? Oh, yeah. This was maybe like a year ago back when you could go places. We were there hanging out, and you had your back to the little alley where you drive into the the only parking there, which is like for regulars only. We, of course, never park there. Right. But somebody like revved up their engine and scraped on the way in, and you go, ow, which jackass is this? Is that Rogan? And I look behind you, and of course, it's Joe Rogan in his Porsche, you know, whatever, $200,000 car. And I go, wow, you knew that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> That's about as much as I could kill for that place. Yeah. yeah. By the way, uh, I'm Dying Up Here was based on a book. The book is great. They interview him, the guy that wrote the book, yeah. in the movie, in the documentary. Okay. So uh, the comedy store on Showtime, what do you say? Oh, binge, binge, binge. So that's all I got this week. Uh, I didn't really watch a lot because I thought my TV broke down and I had like a coronary over it. I know I told you this off the air, but just so you know, I thought my uh, plasma TV died. It didn't. It was out of commission for two days. And I don't know what my point is here. It's just that I love my television and it's okay. And I'm happy to have it back. If you had to get a new one, it's a tax write-off though, right? Is it? For us, sure. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, right off $1,500. I was going to get a $1,500 television. Jeez. I went over to it and I hugged it and I said, you know how much I love you? I think I loved it back to life. Yeah. This, If you could see what Demo was doing, it's even more disturbing than how it sounds. But, <laughs> um, all right, ask me if I'm looking forward to anything. Joe, are you looking forward to anything? Yeah, I'm looking forward to two things. And one of them I cannot believe that you haven't brought up. The first one is the uh, Animaniacs are being rebooted on November 20th on Hulu. The uh, Warner Brothers and the Warner Sister, the cartoon. Are you sure it's Hulu and not HBO Max? It's Hulu. I loved that show when I was young. That's how I learned all the state capitals. Uh, I learned a lot from that show. Very educational. That's coming back. The thing that I can't believe you haven't mentioned, um, I'll give you a hint. It's Mm -hmm. a Lego thing. Oh, I just saw the trailer for it. Yeah. We'll review it. I'll review it. You want me to keep it a surprise? No, no, no. It's the Star Wars 
holiday special. I don't know the exact. It's when I yeah. see the Star Wars holiday special, I'm thinking of you know the one from 1978, the the complete disaster, <laughs> the one that's buried so far. You know, the thing that almost killed Star Wars before <laughs> they even got the Empire Strikes Back out. This is a Lego thing. Yeah. Right. But I saw what they're doing in it, and I'm like, okay, look, I'll watch it. You know, it'll be cutesy. That'll be on Disney Plus on the 17th of November. Yeah, I'll watch it. Do, don't sure. you think it's a little tongue in cheek that they're like, let's remake the worst holiday special? But they're, of all but, time? but they're not remaking the worst holiday special. But of that's all, all time. you can think of. That's all any of us. It is. But are... if you watch the trailer, it's its own thing. Oh, I don't think it has anything to do with with Life Day and the Wookies. <laughs> I don't believe so. I hope it does. Sure, it does in some way. But I mean, the whole thing is, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know. I hope it's a shot for shot remake oh with Legos. God. Who doesn't want a Lego B. Arthur and Art Carney? Right? That's what I'm missing. very specific here. I know. Well, here's the thing about the holiday special. If you can watch it, watch it with the commercials at the time. Okay. Because they're great. Because you can buy a station wagon for $4,000. Oh, wow. It's insane. Like, I thought the commercials were better. You look back, it's a it's a time trip, man. I think it's on YouTube with the commercials, and I think okay. that's the reason to watch it. I don't okay. know what I'm talking about. so there about. you go. One last thing about the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> Even as a five-year-old, I knew it sucked. <laughs> I've never actually watched it. Don't. Don't. It is, and I know some people think, oh, it's not that bad. No, it is an atrocity. An absolute atrocity. No one under 35 even knows what we're talking about. And that's no. kind of the point because right. they buried it, right? Yeah. yeah, they buried it for the most part, but it's out there. You can, it's now, easy. It is. now it is, you know, because of the internet, it's it's there. But look, I'll review it when it comes out. All right, fine. All right. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yes. Anything else? You want me to recap real quick? Please recap. My God. Okay. On the Rocks, Apple TV movie written and directed by Sofia Coppola. Basically lost in translation too. Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, Demo, not so much, but I gave it a binge. Lost in Translation, too. Come on. It felt like it. Lost in Translation is way better. Okay. Way better. Well, sequels are never as good. Then we talked about The Queen's Gambit. Very popular right now. Uh, Seven one-hour episodes on Netflix. It's about chess, but it's not completely about chess. It's about growing up. I said it was a binge. Uh, Then Demo talked about a docuseries on Showtime, called The Comedy Store. It's about the comedy store. Yeah. And Demo said it's one of the best things he's seen, uh, especially about stand-up comedy. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's extremely comprehensive. It really covers everything about the store. So three binges this week. I know. What happened, man? How about that? Don't worry. I'll have something to purge next time. Probably that Lego special. (laughs) So there you have it. All right, Joe, where can they find us? Uh, Apple, iTunes, podcast, Spotify now, YouTube. There's no video, but it's still on YouTube. Uh, where else? iHeartRadio. iHeart, Listen Note. Google Play. Yeah, just about Stitcher. Yeah. All those places that I have no idea about, I just know we're on there. We're on all of them, I think, and uh, they can contact us. Binge or Purge podcast at gmail.com. Send us your recommendations. Also, all the social stuff were there. You Hit us up on Twitter at Binger Purge. And uh, TikTok. Do we have a TikTok t- yet? Soon. Okay. Right? <laughs> Don't we have to? Right? Qu- Quibi? Quibi. Quibi's done. No more yeah, Quibi. I know. It lasted about six I'm months. I'm so glad we didn't review anything for Quibi. We talked about it. We talked about possibly reviewing something and then realized, no. Yep. 
As always, we want to thank Jess the Facts. You can follow Jess the Facts on Instagram at the Jesse Greer. That's Jesse with a Y. Thanks, Jess. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.